don't talk too much. Just talk a little bit. You don't eat much, you don't talk much. <laughs> I'm just listening. This is the Just Listening Podcast with pizza artist Eric John. and welcome to the show today. This is Just Listening, and I am Eric John. And before we get into it, I've got to tell you about the best artisan soda in the entire world. Of course, that's Yacht Club Soda. Go to yachtclubsoda.com right now and check out all the amazing flavors they have. They have blue raspberry, lemon lime, orange cream, uh, strawberry, grapefruit, uh, cream, root beer. The list goes on and on. This stuff is fantastic. They use real cane sugar, and it comes in these amazing glass bottles. Um, it's, it's fantastic. So just please go to yachtclubsoda.com right now and order yourself a case. You can mix, you can match, you can get whatever combination of flavors you want. John Scambato from Yacht Club Soda will send it right to you. So go to yachtclubsoda.com and order some today. Also, of course, I've got some brand new pizza art coming out now, uh, on a regular basis. So please go to my Twitter, which is at Eric John art or Instagram, Eric John pizza art. Uh, and check out all the new stuff uh, I've got coming out. I just did a uh, Peter Griffin pizza that was a lot of fun to make. Um, and, of course, I'm going to have some brand new NFTs, the first one since August 2022, uh, believe it or not, uh, coming out in early 2024. So be on the lookout for that. All right, on the show today, speaking of NFTs, uh, one, one of the most amazing artists in the NFT space that I've come across, uh, I've known this guy for a little while now, uh, the amazing Scrawlsy. Uh, he's got a really unique art style, um, and I, I've loved his stuff from the very beginning. Uh, so we're going to chat about the NFT space, um, about his work, um, and uh, maybe reminisce a little bit about uh, the good old days uh, all the way back in 2021 when we first jumped into the space. Uh, should be a fun conversation. So without further ado, Scrawlsy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I got to say, so you are... you're by far one of my favorite people in the, uh, in the web three space. Um, you know, um, I, I had block news on the show recently. Um, and you, you know, you guys remind me a lot of each other and it's not just because of your accent. Okay. It's, uh, you guys are both very positive people. Um, and that's something I'm really drawn to, especially online when there's, where there's so much negativity out there. Um, have you always been kind of a just a, a positive guy um, in general, or um, you know, is that something you have to put like effort into into being positive, or uh, is it just your personality? Um, I, I suppose it's it's something a long time ago I I had, you know, life has its trials and tribulations, so you know I had to relearn to look at the positives, at, you know, over the negatives. Um, but it's it's something, you know, I'll always, when I get up in the morning, I remind myself of, you know, f five things that I'm grateful for, which, you know, so if I wake up and I'm, I'm not quite feeling it, those five things that I'm grateful for are reminders of, you know, why I'm getting up, why I'm doing the things I'm doing. And, and that leads to, you know, a more positive outlook. You know, I think we can make ourselves suffer a lot by dwelling on the negatives. So the more we can be positive, you know, 
we can turn a bad day into into a better day or a not so bad day. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's more natural now that I'm older. Um, but it it was something that I had to teach myself, you know, years and years ago. That's kind of funny here. Here in the states, I feel like the older you get, you know, uh, the, the more cranky you tend to get over over here. I'm not sure if it's the same thing uh, across uh, the yeah. pond where you are. But I, I, yeah, I think it's an age thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, but you know, I, I get cranky. We all do. It, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I I tend to try and be more positive. And having you know, being married, having children, you know, positivity. Is such a big factor in, in in everything you know if the kids are feeling negative you know a bit of positivity and, and having a different way of looking something at something helps you know maybe they've had a bad day at school or you know they're getting stressed out about exams uh, you know and this the positivity is is something that i think helps you know children or you know you know your partner maybe they've had a bad day at work or something or you know something's going on at work and you can having that different outlook and that way of looking at the positive of the situation over the negative. I think it, it's it's key for, you know, a, a nice kind of family environment and, and less stress. Oh, yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's essential for survival in a, in a, in a family setting. Um, uh, yeah, I think I agree. It's absolutely crucial. Um, where where did you grow up, Scrawlsy? Uh, so I grew up near, um, I, I think you call it the UK's second capital for arguments. It's a big city called Birmingham. I grew up just outside of there. Uh, so, you know, I got to experience uh, a broad uh, lifestyle in, in terms of, you know, cultures. And, and I, I grew up in, in, you know, mixed cultures from, you know, English to Jamaican to Indian to Chinese. You know, I, I grew up with friends from all different walks, you know, walks of life and, um, to be fair, I wouldn't have it any other way because, you know, my interests are so varied because of that. And, you know, I've learned so many different things. I've got so, you know, a lot of great memories in, of, of growing up. Um, you know, in, in a city life can be rough, but it can also have a hell of a lot of positivity to it. And, you know, and seeing the way, you know, different communities come together to help each other out and, and you know, look after each other and, and, and things like that is, is really good. Were, were you always uh, pretty artistic, even even as a child? Uh, yeah, I, I grew up, uh, you, know, you know, my parents worked. My my nan uh, was, a, you know, she, she used to work part time when she wasn't at work. She'd look after me and my granddad. Uh, you know, look after me as well when my mom was at work, my dad was at work, and we'd always sit down and we'd draw. My granddad was, you know, one of these people that would make something out of nothing. You know, his shed, he used to have a really large shed, and he, he was one of these people that save everything for, for a later use, but mostly he'd save things for the grandkids to use. So we'd be constantly making things, we'd constantly be drawing, he'd teach me to draw different things and we just have fun you know we'd get glue out and see what would stick and see what we could make out of that or we'd have some paint left over or some spray paint and you know we, we just I'd constantly be encouraged to just try different things uh, so yeah it's it's always been there it's always been within my life 
you know, there are certain points where life gets busy and you kind of slow down and don't create as much. Uh, but it's always been something that I've been drawn to and, and, and compelled to to get ideas out and, and put them down in, in whatever way I can. You know, you've got a very um, unique style. It's, it's one, you know, you're one of those people, one of those artists who, you know, when, when, when your work comes across my screen, I know it's yours immediately. And I think that's a very unique quality. It is not, you know, you can't say that about every artist out there, but for, you know, with your work, I know it's yours immediately. There's no, you know, I, I don't even have to, to look at the name or, or the poster to know who, to know who it is. Um, how did you develop that, that style? Oh, it, it initially, so being encouraged to, to try everything and anything and, and being taught that there is, you know, it's, a, it's not a mistake. There isn't, you know, if the eye, if the left eye is slightly lower than the right eye, it, it's okay. You know, if you look at yourself in the mirror, one ear is slightly higher than the other in proportion, you know, one arm slightly longer, maybe, you know, you, your nostrils are at a different kind of level or angle or whatever the case, nobody's symmetrical. So I was taught that. I was taught that it's it's okay to for things to be different. And then when I progressed through school into high school, where you, you start to take, I'm not sure what they're called in, in the US, but we have our, our qualifications from school were called GCSEs. So I chose art. And we, as humans, we obviously put, pressure on ourselves, and you know in our in our own mind we're saying okay this doesn't look right or this not how I envisioned it and I kind of as teenage years took went on I started to look at more realism and, and struggled with getting that out onto onto paper or canvas so to bolster the the freedom that I now feel and and to work through my own style of of creating. I was blindfolded in one of the lessons by the teacher at request. He said, look, I need, you know, I need to teach, try and find a way for you to be a bit more free because you're putting too much pressure on yourself. So I was stood in front of an easel with some paper, four pots, different colors, a brush in each, and then blindfolded and with the class watching mostly giggling um and then i was let loose on the paper and and you know told to or instructed to to paint a portrait so i did and then after a bit of time blindfold was removed and then we started to study what i created uh and then i was asked some questions and i asked various different questions and I enjoyed that process so much because uh, one I, I I had to feel obviously where the pots were, where the canvas, where the, the paper was, <clears throat> but also I had to then let go in my head of everything being of the pressure and focus on where I thought everything was, and in relation to to where I stood, and I, you know I, I missed it. I, the paper sometimes and paint went here there and everywhere but that helped me develop that freedom so now when I create I I basically just for want of a better word attack the canvas 
whether that be digital, whether that be physical. I, I attack it and I just go for it and let it develop as it goes along. You know, it occurs to me that how important it is to have those those types of people in your life, especially as a young person, uh, a teacher or a mentor who, uh, you know, who doesn't just, you know, it's not that they just support what you're doing, but they, they're there to sort of guide you along. Did, did you have any teachers or, or adults in your life as a young person? Um, you know, you had mentioned your, your grandfather when you were, you know, much younger and of course this teacher, but were there any others that were just, had a real influence on you and, you know, maybe without that, that person, maybe you wouldn't have turned into the artist you are today? Um, I think the, the main two were, were my art teacher and the, uh, and my grandfather. Uh, you know, for the most part, for the older generation, art is seen as not a not a career or not a favourable career. So, you know, whilst I pursued an art career and whilst I enjoyed it, you know, the generation before me were, you know, go to school, get your grades, get a job. Um, so whilst I was encouraged to do so, it was more so as a, as a hobby. So the main two influences were, were the, you know, the two people we've, we've just discussed, but yet then I was shown, you know, different artists through books. So, you know, with my teacher and, and or different friends or parents of friends that enjoyed art and, and, and looking at it, not so much creating, but, you know, viewing art and, and going to galleries and reading books and reading how things were created and why. You know, they start to show me books of uh, people like Joan Mitchell, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat, uh, Pearl Fine, you know, a, a mixed board uh, spectrum of, of, of artists that I can look at and, and kind of learn from and, and, and study. So those have been the, the, the main things that push me forward through, through, through the art career. How did you first learn about NFT and Web three? Do you do you remember like what like where you first learned about it? Oh yeah, um, it's weird. I was talking about this the other day. So I was at work and I was it's got to be lunchtime. So I was scrolling through the internet and and I heard about Bitcoin or read about Bitcoin, but back then obviously we can set up a MetaMask really quickly now. It, it's simple. Um, but to set up a Bitcoin wallet back then was a bit more arduous of a task and, and a lot of learning. And I remember reading about it. My lunch was over and I got a client coming. Kind of got distracted and, and started looking. So a news article showed me initially and then from Bitcoin I discovered Ethereum. And Ethereum I started to discover, uh, you know, ways to mint your artwork and, and turn it into a non-fungible token and it, it went from there and after a lot of studying uh, a lot of different conversations with different people on my personal twitter account you know i started to get you know create a metamask and started to buy a bit of artwork um and go from there do, do you remember what it felt like the first time you sold um an nft of one of your pieces what that was like uh, yeah, I, I, I can, I can picture the day. Uh, so, initially, without even minting any artwork, I'd start. You know, I, I created my artist Twitter account, moved 
most of the conversation from my personal account to that because I was speaking to different artists on my personal account but then started to, to use the artist one. After sharing for quite some time, I got invited to a collaborative project, a, a multi-artist project uh, called the Deck Project. And that was a full deck of cards, each card created by an artist. And that led me to then a Discord server. And I got to know the other artists and, and a lot of them, you know, I, I still speak to, to today and they call them, you know, I can honestly say we're, we're, we're great friends and it's been a blessing. But that led to my first sale. So in the Discord server, I started to share things that I was working on and I was at work at the time. And uh, all you know, um, he liked an art piece that I'd shared and instantly said, look, what are you doing? Are you, are you minting this? Are you, are you not? And I said, well, I haven't kind of really thought about it. I literally just finished it. And he said, look, mint it and I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. And I was like, oh, wow. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, okay. Um, obviously overjoyed, firstly, because the, the piece had made such an impact. And secondly, you know, it was the first time that I'd minted. I hadn't planned on actually minting that, that piece as my genesis. But it just came from, from that impact that the art piece had made. Uh, so that was my first sale. And I, I remember just kind of sitting there in the days thinking, oh, okay, wow. Um, and it just, it all, the ball just kept rolling from there. And, you know, and I kept sharing more and, uh, you know, more people liked the work and conversations ensued and uh, and it just carried on from that point to where we are now. You know, it's pretty remarkable. You know, it, it, we really, I mean, all of us, and of course, I, you know, I met you d during this period as well. I was, I was also part of the Decked Project. Um, you know, shout out to Slashed Ace, who was the, you know, the person behind that project. And it really was, yeah. I mean, especially looking back now, you know, we're, we're, you know, two and a half, almost three years uh, removed from that now. And um, all of the artists who were a part of that, you know, where they're at now and what they've been doing over the past three years. It's pretty remarkable. Um, and I know, and I know that Slashed has, you know, stepped away from the, the web three world, but, uh, man, one of the, one of the greats, like one of the greatest guys, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure you would agree. Um, yeah, without a doubt, you know, what, what he, his, his initial thought for the project and how it developed and, and the work that he put into to not only, you know, corral all the artists together and, and then organize everything and, you know, from the samples of the cards to make sure they were the, the best quality and the packaging and the, the pack, the, you know, the packages that he sent out to each artist with the packs of cards and, and the, you know, the t-shirts the that he got made and, and the handwritten note and everything, you know, throughout that time, it, you know, he, he's got a family, he's got a lot going on. Um, it couldn't have been easy. Oh That's no. Cool. Yeah, no. And it wasn't. And you know, it's, it's also pretty amazing just thinking about the fact that, you know, with all of the different projects and things people have done that have been rugged for, you know, over the last three years where people have made all kinds of promises and then, um, you know, either, you know, either maybe something outside of their control, it just didn't work out or, um, or they just didn't follow through on it. 
um, you know, he followed through on every single little thing he said he was going to do, even when, you know, it was to his own detriment. Um, and so I'll always like prop that guy up, uh, whether he's around or not, you know, doesn't matter to me. Uh, that project was special. And I think, you know, we're, we're kind of making history in a sense. I mean, the relationships you mentioned punked actual, like just seeing what he's turned into. And I remember I, I, I gave him his first foundation invitation, like back when you needed an invitation to get on foundation. Um, you know, that 10, 20 years from now, like that, that, that relationship is still going to, is still going to be there on the blockchain. You know what I mean? Um, you know, pieces that you've bought from me, things I've gotten from you. Like it's just the way we're all interacting as a community, I think in and of itself, um, could end up really adding to the value of these pieces, um, whether it's a bear market or a bull market or whatever. I'm talking long term. Um, do you have high hopes for Web three and NFT long term? Yeah, love money. Look, you just reminded me about the, the foundation invites, and, and I completely forgot about that aspect. I remember waiting. I didn't want to mint until I got the foundation invite. You know, that was the place to be, and I remember sharing some art and that's how I got the invite and I, I, I remember the children were asleep my wife's sitting on the sofa right? and I'm sitting next to her and I'm creating some digital art and I get a tweet notification Twitter notification to say it was a response and I was like whoa I got the invite at the top of my voice and my wife's sitting there looking at me like I'm demented <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to explain what, what had, had happened to her and um, from that point, even till now, the positivity still still remains. You know, yes, the, the bear market's there. Scammers are still here. You know, there, there are always going to be people trying to scam. And projects are being rugged. Things are changing a lot. Yet, we, you know, I do believe that we are early enough in this technology that we're not seeing its full use case. And we're starting to see people now have time. You know, there's no FOMO. Everything's slowed down from a million miles an hour now to, a, you know, a, uh, you know, a slower pace, which gives people time to reflect and look at what they can do with blockchain technology. They can look at what they can do with their self and, and, and their art and maybe segue onto a different, you know, not so much a different style, but a different way of creating. Because ultimately, if we, we have a genuine style, it will come through whether it's abstract, whether it's, you know, expressionist, whether it's figurative. That style will always be there. But So one of the big positives that I take away from the downturn is the fact that people have this opportunity now to reinvent, to, to learn different techniques, to, you know, look at different ways of creating. And... Most of us that have been around for quite some time have that knowledge of scams and how they work, how scammers approach you, which now gives us that leverage to teach newcomers that may need help to stop them getting scammed. Twitter spaces, it, you know, has slowed down. Conversations are more natural now. We're starting to we're starting to see less of the. 30 second chill spaces with you know five six hundred people all open for a sale and we're starting to see genuine conversations happening 
you know, and, and people meeting on a regular basis to talk about a wide variety of, uh, you know, of subjects and, and different things that are going on. So, yeah, I've got high hopes and, and a lot of positivity for the space. Yeah, you know, it, it occurs to me, like, we jumped into the space around the same time. Um, you know, you might have jumped in a few weeks after I did because, um, you know, I remember seeing you pop up. Uh, on Twitter, not long after I started, you know, interacting with the community. Um, and I remember feeling like, you know, I feel like I just like I just missed it. Like, like I'm here for all the excitement. But, you know, the people who were there and who were doing NFTs in 2017, 2018, 2019, when nobody cared or about it, um, you know, they were like the OGs, man. Like they were, you know, they were in before anybody knew what it was. Um, you know, I got in as tons of people were pouring in. Um, but I really do think that the, the people that stay and the people that stick it out and stay involved, um, you know, they're, you know, when this thing starts turning around again, and as you said, um, when, when more use cases start to enter the space um, and more people start coming in again, um, we're going to be those guys, you know, from that, that we used to look at as the OGs, like that's going to be us, you know, and there is a great opportunity to teach other people what to look out for. I remember, um, you know, we'd be, we'd be in the group chat, this group chat that I started with, uh, unfiltered, um, and, uh, the, another artist and, you know, people would constantly be posting in there like, Hey, I just got this email. Like, does this sound legit? You know, and everybody's kind of helping each other figure this out because there are a lot of scammers out there and there is a lot of danger. And, um, you know, we've we've all learned some really great lessons. And, um, you know, like I I don't click anything. I, you know, I, just, I assume everything's a scam pretty much. And I think that served me well. And I, I learned a lot of that from my peers in this space. Um, and I think there is going to be a time where we're going to be called on to explain this stuff to people who don't know anything about it because they're going to be new at it. Um, and you're certainly one of the people I'll be sending people to. Uh, so just get ready for you know, uh, getting a lot of uh, mentions on Twitter because uh, you certainly um, have been here for all of it. Um, who, who are you, some of your favorite artists in the NFT space that you've met along the way that, that really inspire you to, to sort of up your game? Oh, God, you know, the, the list is oh, the list is long. I mean, when I first got into the space, you know, speaking of OGs, Rob Ness was, you know, one of the guys that was here back when it started, and he was one of the first people I reached out to, and thinking he's never going to reply. You know, he's 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 a big artist, lots of people know him, and he did. He responded, not you know, and we had a great conversation, and that. You know, through his timeline led me to find different people and, and then expand, you know, my search. And, you know, I, I, I bump into people like Ch AKA Chambo, who just blew my mind. You know, I resonated so much and still do with, with Chambo's creativity in, in whatever medium that he chooses. You know, he's, he's such a, uh, a broad artist. And he creates in so many different mediums, and he's not afraid to to just go and and you know let loose and and, and enjoy what he creates. Um, so, you know, Chambo was one of the first people I saw, and then um, 
you know, move, moving forward from there, you've got people like um, Arts for Anarchy, uh, Emery, who, who creates through a, a wide stock of um, metal objects that he, he collages into, you know, figurative uh, works of art and sometimes abstract and, you know, abstract figuratism and a variety of different things. And, and, you know, that resonated because one of my early career choices was engineering and, and, and metal work and, and, and that being brought into art was such a huge thing for me to, to look at and, and you know I could see the process of, of decaying some of the metal and then we got into deep conversations about how he oxidizes the metal to get different colors and various different things and then I bump into you and you're creating art from pizza and I'm like whoa and and, and as true as I sit here I've, I've lost count the amount of times I've shown different people some of your artwork and I've got, can, look, can you believe that? It's, it's literally pizza ingredients. And it still baffles me now. And, like, I remember back in the day when, you know, you do the process videos and then you'd, oh, you'd show little snippets and, and it was really, really cool. And then I bump into people like Block, you know, and, and, and Block's a poet, but he's also creating artwork. And and then it, he's, he's forever delving deeper into different things and different ways of creating there was literally so many people that that blown my mind throughout this space. You know, you've got uh, PW. I forget his his full title. Uh, he creates three D. Uh, oh, it was that uh, uh, Prestige. That's it. Yeah, so, you know, Prestige. Yeah, he did. Um, he when I was doing the Market Monsters comics, um, like I mean, in, in, honestly, just like again, this space is so cool because like I'm just I'm able to have fun with AI make these comics using AI, I, you know, I don't know how to draw like you do. I know how to make pizza. Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But with AI, I could do something fun, like make these comic books. And um, and he made this great animated version of the comic, which, um, you know, which, which you know, didn't sell. Um, it, you know, it, it came out right in the middle of just the, the complete market collapse of NFT. Um, but man, what a great job he did. And it was so much fun working with him. And um and it was so it was so cool what he was able to do. Um and I remember he, he was also in the Dex project and he did this really cool Yeah, the plane. It was a he got like the eighth the eight of spades or something, and he he did this yeah. uh the plane was making an eight with its um with the smoke from the plane, you know, like a <laughs> like a skywriting thing. Yeah, so I remember cool. I remember seeing that, and, and I didn't have the. I, I to this day, I'm, I'm gutted that I, I didn't have the funds to bid on on some of the cards. Yeah, that was I, one of the more popular ones, if I remember correctly. Was that plane? It was that was really cool. You just you just brought a memory back, and this is the beauty of of how long we've been here. So I remember, obviously, time zones. A lot of you are in the U.S. Uh, from the Debt Project, apart from I think it was myself. Block and run that they're in Ireland, and obviously I'm in the UK. But my card was it was like 2 a.m. when it went live, and up until that point, I'd sold a you know a few pieces, but there was no bid wars. You know, people were interested. They, they you know they, they purchased and forever grateful. But I hadn't kind of experienced that at the time, and then I wake up about six in the morning, 
to my phone with hundreds of notifications <laughs> of Andy, your card's going nuts. Scrollsy, look what's going on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, and and from, from from that point, I start to talk to different people. And, and two, you know, two of my favorite 3D artists in the space, and I'm forever, like, wowed at what they do. Uh, you know, Paul Massey creates some absolutely phenomenal work. But then Sam Paul, the other Paul, also creates phenomenal work. And I can look at their work all day long and just sit in wonder at how they've done it. And no matter how much I talk to, I, I talk to Paul Massey as, as much as I can. And he, he, he'll try and explain things. And I'm still sitting there like, wow. You know, and... and I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's both of them have a wealth of experience and, and knowledge, and neither of them are afraid to share that knowledge. Uh, you know, and, and most of the artists that I know are, are like that. They, you know, they will share knowledge and and help, um, and and you know, try and bring younger artists or less experienced artists through, and, and you know, help them create. You know, another one of my favourites is is Ray. Um, obviously, you, you, we both know Ray. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Ray, uh, Ray Larsden is an absolutely phenomenal artist. I love his work. I'm all, always drawn to it. And he, he's done some really, really cool artwork. And, you know, he's, he's one that he'll create anywhere, whether it's in the studio, whether it's at home, whether it's. Oh, in yeah. He's it, totally prolific. Like, he's, he's, yeah. he's always. And, um, and, you know, the two of you have a, a sort of a similar style, a similar look to to your to your work, um, actually. I mean, not not in the sense that like I can I know when it's his and I know when it's yours, but um, I can see why you might gravitate towards an artist like him. And then those other people you mentioned too. I mean, I remember first coming into the space and send send Paul uh, Paul Paul uh, Robinson and, uh, and Paul Massey, the two Pauls. Um, I mean, these guys were like giants to me when I first came into yes. the space, um, because all, all I knew them by was their avatar, uh, yeah. their Twitter avatar and their work. That's all I knew. I, and they, and neither one of them talked in Twitter spaces, uh, ever. So they were just, they were just this icon that would be sitting there in, you know, like an NFT freaks Twitter space, um, you know, getting all these accolades. And I, I remember being like, man, like these guys really make me want to up my game. It was like, you know, I was looking yeah. at guys like that doing work that they were doing that made me want to do these larger pizzas that I ended up doing because I was like, man, what these guys are doing is incredible. And, you know, I'm not a 3D digital artist, but um, I got to up my game here a little bit because <laughs> this stuff is incredible. Oh, and, and, of, and of course, you know, I've, I've gotten to be, great friends with both of them, which is, which is crazy to me, you know, would, would have been crazy to me, you know, three years ago to think that, um, yeah. I also try to talk to both those guys as much as I can. And you're the second person on this podcast to mention Chambo, uh, the first being, uh, NFT freaks when he was on. Um, and yeah, just another like, totally unique individual has his own style. He's got his own persona, uh, his own thing going on. And, you know, I don't think it's any, uh, surprise that these are the people who are still here. 
These are the people whose work is sort of standing the test of time. Uh, people who are original, people who um, are real, who aren't scammers, who aren't looking for, you know, the next hot, quick thing, um, how to make a quick buck. You know, they're steady, they're strong, um, they're dependable. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm optimistic about <laughs> where the space is going just because of the people, man, just the, the people that yeah. are in it, people like you, um, just good, real, honest people who are just want to make art and, you know, who, who this technology can really, you know, can really change our lives and, and what we can do with our art. I didn't, I've never sold any art before NFT aside from people ordering pizzas, you know, they, they're ordering the pizza because they want to eat the pizza, right? It's not just, they're not like hanging the pizza up on the wall. So, yeah. you know, this has been huge for me. Do you, did, did you do a lot of digital art scrawlsy before NFT um, or did getting into NFT prompt you to do more of the digital work? Uh, no, I did. Uh, so digital art, I, I found out of a, a need you know, due to, uh, you know, I have, I have children and, um, you know, they come first. So, you know, art materials aren't something you can always afford. Um, so, but, so digital gave me a way to, to create without having to go, you know, and, and, and figure out how I'm going to afford paint or canvas or, you know, whatever the case, you know, some paper or... So digital was something that I... I was using beforehand anyway but then through artists that I met because we share knowledge I you know I learned I, I learned about different programs or I, you know I had the ability to ask instead of just searching on Google and, and go through endless you know different videos of, of techniques or you know ideas around to do things I had you know friends that would would share knowledge, which is what I always try and do myself with anybody that asks, you know. So digital became even more of a stable uh, environment for me to create. And, and sometimes it's often easier because, you know, if I'm at work, I can take my iPad and I can sit on my lunch and I can do some sketching, I can finish a piece, I can work on a, a quick piece. Uh, so digital is, is something that I, I feel blessed that we have the ability to use. And it's not, it's so, you can create so much with digital, we can, you know, it's not just 3D or vectors, you know, as you know, we can create things that look like a, an actual physical piece with, with the textures that we can, we can create. And throughout my career in construction, there's, there's textures everywhere. So I'm constantly taking pictures of things, which then allows me to use that within, you know, a, an art piece. The, the positivity in this space from, and you hit on something earlier. So when we were talking, when you were talking about the people in the space and you mentioned real, and that's one of the key things, you know, none of the people that we've spoke about pretend to be anything other than themselves, you know? And so, you, you know, they have bad days, they have good days, but they, uh, they're all there trying to push forward, continue to be their genuine self and continue to help others. You know, Another artist that I've gotten to know a lot and become really good friends with is, is Ricky O'Donnell. Again, another giant in the 3D space. 
you know, Ricky's got a company that works, does work with Pixar. And I'm talking to this guy on the phone, you know, and he's saying, it's video. pretty crazy, isn't it? It's pretty yeah, crazy. And, and, you know, and, and at any point in time, I know that I can ask any of them for some advice. You know, if I, if I don't know how to do something digitally, if, I, if I'm working, trying to, you know, continue to learn 3D, you know, I know that I can pick up the phone and ask a question. And for that, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for. And I think that's one of the the great things about this space. And, we, you know, I'm talking to you now, and you're in the U.S., I'm in the U.K. I'd never have heard of you, and you'd have never have heard of me if it wasn't for this space. Uh, and that's a, one of the biggest blessings, I think, and, and one of the positive reasons why this space will continue and evolve eventually into something that is great. Yeah, Ricky's great. Another, again, another just just very positive, upbeat guy. Uh, yeah. And that stuff, especially now, when everyone's so dour, you know, that stuff really cuts through for me. Um, you know, and... Like it's it's gonna be tough for people to remember what it was like in 2021, you know, early 2022, uh, with with the Twitter Spaces explosion, you know, Twitter Spaces came around right as the NFT space was exploding, and it was a, like a, like a match made in heaven. And I can remember being in spaces where there were you know hundreds of people, uh, all devoted to NFT, um. You know, and and now I look at it and I see spaces and the ones that are about NFT, there might be 10 people or 12 people. I mean, there's people still in there, um, but it certainly died off. And, and I got to I got to admit, I, I I don't go into them uh, very often at all. Um, so I'm curious, are you still tapped into the uh, the Web3 NFT spaces community? Do you still go into a lot of Twitter spaces? Do you? Uh, communicate in that way or is it mostly in you know discords or group chats or things like that uh, it's very much spaces still i you know i love spaces if i struggle to get into a lot of the u.s time zone ones due to having to get up so early for work um but do make a, a regular weekly appearance in in, in a lot you know the, the block news and, and bobby bicker have a saturday night space that is without fail on there, you know. You know, and I keep looking for that space because, especially since when I had Block News on, um, I just man, I just loved what he had to say and what he was talking about and how he was taking it to to the metaverse and you know merging uh, YouTube with the metaverse with spaces and it all kind of melding together. It sounds amazing. Um, and uh, when when is when does that show happen? So that's uh, Saturday. So it's every Saturday at 8pm UK time. I'll, next time it's on, I'll send you the link. Send me a link because uh, I, I'm not, I, I think it could just be the time of that like day or the day of the week or whatever. Um, but this stuff doesn't pop up in my feed like it used to. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it could be because I'm not using the NFT hashtags as much as I used to either. It's possible. But I'd love to jump back into um, a space like that. Um <laughs> The algorithms change so much. You know, we, uh, yeah, we do, we do miss a lot. Um, but yeah, honestly, that space is is my favorite. It's my favorite weekly space. And besides that, I'll try and jump in. You know, Ronda has a pop up space every now and again, and then you know, I'll, I'll look for pop up spaces during the week that I can jump into. Um, 
so the conversation is very much different now. You know, it's it's more about not so much. You know, there's, it's not by my art. It's let's talk. Let's talk art. Let's talk. You know, metaverse. Let's talk. Just general conversations about everything and anything. Let's share poetry. Let's share. You know what we're doing, or you know some advice for different people, and people can ask questions about not just minting and and platforms, but about art careers and and ways to create. Uh, and those are the kind of spaces I gravitate to now, more so than anything else, because it it's it's a good way to catch up with many people at once. You know, yes, we have the back channels, we have text messages, we have, you know, uh, WhatsApp and, and, and different things and, and DMs, but it's nice to catch up with lots of different people at once. You know, uh, it occurs to me that, you know, a lot of the people we're talking about, and, and myself included, have, you know, taken this opportunity in this uh, bear market, uh, this sort of, this slower period of NFTs right now, to focus a lot of our energies on, you know, stuff in the physical world. And I, and I've, I keep trying to use the phrase physical world as opposed to in real life, because, um, you know, I, I think 20, 30 years from now, I think the metaverse is going to be as real life as it gets. And that's just kind of putting my future goggles on. Um, I, I think that's kind of where everything's going. Um, but you know, like, like Paul, Paul Massey and, and, uh, and send Paul, uh, especially, you know, I know Sen Paul has been doing a lot of film festivals. He's been making a lot of films, uh, him and his wife together, um, and has had a lot of success at uh, sort of conventional film festivals. Uh, Paul Massey does a lot of advertising work. Um, uh, just he just posted something yesterday. He did he did some design work for Pepsi for their bottles. Yeah, man, so it's so cool. Um, you know, are you do you, are, have you been doing anything in the physical world with art, or are you pretty much just firmly? planted in the digital web three realm uh, no I, I do i've been doing a lot of both so as i was saying before about exploration of, of our style and, and the the transition into different you know different ways of creating you know for me web three nft is you know I, i've never proclaimed to be an nft artist and there's nothing wrong with people you know, doing so, but I, I'm I'm an artist. That's it. So it that involves both physical and you know digital and, and, and web free. So I've been doing a lot of exploration into you know abstracts and you know working through my style of abstraction and, and finding in my voice so much in that it's something that I've done for quite some time. But you, you get over over time. I get the urge to obviously try new things and keep learning and, and keep exploring and, and finding new ways to use the, the, my way of creating the, the, the freedom, you know, the, the rhythm of music and, and, you know, the, the, the lyrics in a song and, and different things to, to create abstract and it creates some really cool pieces, you know, create some disasters as well. And, and, and that's all good fun still because it's part, it's all part of the learning process and we can, you know, I can then look and, and think, okay, well, how did I get to that? Why don't I like that? Um, you know, what do I think that needs to be taken away? What do we need to add? And then, you know, work from there. So, yeah, I've been concentrating a lot on, on both. So both digital and physical, and it's something that I'll continue to do and, you know, try and showcase 
both. I think, you know, we're going to get to the stage where we're going to have complete immersive galleries. You're going to walk in and be given a VR headset. There's going to, you know, there'll be no screens. And you'll view art pieces through VR as you're, you know, you're walking around in this, for argument's sake, a giant empty warehouse. You know, and it's safe to walk around in and no obstacles. And you'll walk around with a VR headset and, and view art that way and be able to interact and, and maybe do some VR painting, which is something that I'm really intrigued about um, and, and yet to explore. It's it's on my bucket list of, of things to do in the future. But I think there's no... We shouldn't put limits on ourselves. We shouldn't limit ourselves to just digital or just physical or whatever the case you know, we, we should try and explore as much as we can within our means. You know, you were you were the person who uh, <laughs> inspired me to get a uh, a virtual gallery going. Um, I'm always slow to to start to, to do any of this stuff because I'm not super adept at the technology. I will admit, um, you know, I'm, I'm very good at pepperoni and cheese. I'm not you know, I'm not great at the technology, um, but it, it, it's it's so fun once you kind of get the hang of it and um, you know, being able to walk through your virtual gallery and see all your stuff hanging on the wall and, and look, the graphics are still very primitive. And like you said, I think that the, the VR goggles are going to be a huge part of it. I've been saying for a while, let me know if you agree with me, but I think everything that's done online um, eventually will be done through virtual reality. So um, whether it's, you know, going to Amazon um, I think instead of going to the website, and scrolling up and down the page, looking at all the different items. I think there's going to be a giant Amazon store in the metaverse. You're going to put your VR goggles on and you're going to walk through and you're, and you're going to be able to look at, you know, the power tool that you want to buy yeah. uh, in VR, um, maybe even get a demonstration of it, you know, in VR. Um, I, I, th I think that's coming. And I think, you know, for argument's sake, you know, you're going to buy some clothes and, and you can see, just as you would in the store. Yes, it's virtual, but you'll still be able to kind of, you know, have a three D look around, and you'll be able to look at the details. You know, saying the buttons or the stitches or the, you know, the zip and, and different things. You'll be able to look at. And I think, yeah, it, immersively, it, it, you know, VR is going to create that environment to to encompass everything that we do. Yeah, and um, I. I you know, and it's it's hard for people to see, I think, where the technology is going to go because it's it's still so complicated. I think, you know, there was a time when doing online shopping was complicated and now it's it's so easy. You don't even think about yeah. it. Um, do you know the artist uh, Lambie? Yeah. So she recently had uh, like a full 3D body scan done of herself um, okay. to create her own metaverse avatar basically that is completely true to like how she actually looks in real life. And, oh, wow. you know, imagine being able to walk in with, you know, into, into a store in the metaverse, like a clothing store, like you said, and be able to try clothes on your avatar. And you'll actually be able to see how those clothes would fit you. Yeah. You know, um, because the avatar is exactly the right proportions of your body and the clothes will be as well. Um, you know, trying on clothes will be com completely a thing of, uh, of the past and you won't have to order three different sizes and then send two back because you'll be able to see exactly which ones are going to fit yeah. you right, uh, in the metaverse. It's, 
it really is a brave new world. And I, I you know, I think people saying NFT is dead. I, I just think it's short sighted. I think it's just kind of sleeping right now a little bit. And I think that um, once the technology kind of catches up a little bit with where, you know, people's comfort level is, um, you know, the every the everyday person to go to, to go through the hoops you have to go through to, to be in the NFT world is it's just it's too complicated for most people. Um, but when it becomes more, more simple and a lot easier, um, you know, I think it's, I think the explosion is going to be exponential and, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll all be here for it. Of course, that would be amazing if, you know, we're all yeah. here for it when it happens. Um, Scrawlsy, let people know who are listening, uh, where they can find out more about you and your art, how they can follow you, um, and where they can look at, you know, all, all the amazing works that you've, you've been making over the last few years. So. You can find me, the easiest place to go is my website, so that's scrollsy.art, so S-C-R-A-W-L-Z-Y dot art, and that has the links to my Twitter, uh, where you're more than welcome to drop in and have a conversation, and it also has the links to everywhere that I've minted artwork, and shows a bit of art in the background as well, that's constantly being updated with new artwork and, and new links to different things, um, There'll be a shopping coming soon for some physical works that I've done and some clothing that I've been working on and various different things. So yeah, scrollsy.art is the best place to, to catch up. Scrollsy, thanks again for joining me. It's been really fun uh, talking to you. It's It's been a little while uh, since we've actually talked, um, but uh, it's been great talking to you and I and I hope to talk to you more often and, and again very soon. It's been absolutely a pleasure. It really has. It's, it's, as you said, it's been a long time since we managed to catch up. You know, work and, and art and, and families and different things. You know, we're all, we're all busy, uh, but it's been great being on the show. It's been great conversation, and I appreciate it. Thank you. This is the Just Listening Podcast. I gotta go. Go where? We just got. I got that thing. I gotta go. With pizza artist Eric John. Uh, wait a couple of minutes. We'll all leave together. Okay, this way you don't go out like a bunch of hobos staggering out one at a time. Please like, share, and subscribe.